perfect people. Welcome once again to the Party of One podcast, the actual play RPG podcast where the gaming table is always set for two. I'm your host as always, Jeff Stormer. This week I am joined by Sarah Alphagy for a game of Space Between Stars by Fiditi Valetti. Space Between Stars is a GMless sci-fi role-playing game about an interstellar crew growing and learning and dealing with their internal issues as they navigate an unstable universe one job at a time. Also, there are space whales. The game builds on classic sci-fi tropes uh, and properties like Star Wars and The Expanse with a really, really clever dice system that is super fun and engaging and, like, tactical in all the ways that, like, I want a game to be tactical and cool and fast and I can't wait for you to hear it. There's, there's I think, a good six, seven minutes of Sarah and I just screaming about the game and I really think that it's awesome. I think it's cool as hell. This is one of my favorite sci-fi games I've played in a very, very long time. And uh, I think you're really going to dig it. I think you should check it out. You can find more information about Space Between Stars at vidityavaletti.itch.io, or you can check the show notes for more information. Sarah is the creative director behind One More Multiverse, the platform to make, play, share, and stream your next tabletop adventure. Um, One More Multiverse is an absolutely incredible-looking virtual tabletop with uh, really in-depth and beautiful map-making tools, and it really just... I haven't been this excited about a virtual tabletop in a very, very long time. It looks amazingly cool and i really uh i really think you should just go to the website and check it out or join their discord where they run where they run games they're in a closed beta right now i think that you should go to their discord i think you should try it out for yourself i think you should play some games i think you should watch some games at twitch.tv slash play multiverse and get a picture of just like this entire cool tabletop that they're building it's really exciting and i think it's going to do really really cool things for playing games online i think it's I, I know i've got some plans in my back pocket for it when it's finally available i'm really excited about it and i think you should check it out you can find one more multiverse online at playmultiverse.com uh you can also check the show notes for more information and you can find sarah on twitter at sarah alphagy two quick things before we dive in one a special thank you to gavin moore our newest backer on patreon thank you for supporting not just the show but all of the podcasts that i create the games that i design all of the cool stuff that I do, Patreon backers get early access to episodes and games and bonus materials and all kinds of cool, interesting things. So if you enjoy any of the stuff that I create, you should go to patreon.com slash JeffStormer, check it out, support all of it for as little as $1 a month. And with all that said, let's go ahead and throw it over to me in the past so that he can get started with the show. Take it past me. Thanks, future me. This week, I could not be more excited to be sitting down with Sarah Alphagy. Sarah, thank you so much for coming on Party of One. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm so excited. This is going to be great. Uh, I've been reading through the game that we're playing today, and I just I'm excited to talk to you about uh, what you've got going on. I'm excited to play the game. But before we dive into anything, why don't you take a moment to let our lovely listeners at home know about anything you've got going on that you might want them to know about? Hello, Party of One listeners. My name is Sarah Alphagy. I'm the creative director and co-founder of One More Multiverse. That is the platform in making it as easy as possible to play, share, and stream your next tabletop role-playing adventure. Uh, we are currently in closed beta right now with a really thriving Discord community, uh, discord.gg slash multiverse. And uh, we are developing all the tools to make your favorite new uh, virtual tabletop. Um, and and yeah, that has been what's been keeping me busy for the past two years or so. Um, I, I could not be more excited for one more multiverse. I, I've been I've been following the updates for a very, very long time and everything in it just looks 
it, it looks like it is going to be what I've wanted from a virtual tabletop for an extremely long time. And so I am, I am giddy with excitement waiting for it to, 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 to be available so that I can play around with it and mess with it. I've already got very big plans in my back pocket for, for when I, when I, when I can go around and get my grubby fingers on things. Please do come get your grubby fingers on it. Again, we're in closed beta right now and we have a, a games calendar available to everybody that we update uh, month to month. We are inviting people to come a GM with us, to come play with us at this time. And if you want to take a peek at what multi- One More Multiverse looks like right now, uh, you can check out uh, twitch.tv slash playmultiverse where we are currently running an actual play campaign, uh, a D&D game called The Shepherd's Trial. And we also have a long-running West Marches campaign for everybody in our Discord where we play Blades in the Dark. Uh, I'm also personally one of the GMs on that game's calendar, so if you want to come play with me specifically, I would love to have you. I'm I, I I'm gonna have to find some time and make this happen because like I, I really I I'm I'm really excited. It just it looks really freaking cool. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna limit my gushing to this because otherwise we'll be gush, I'll be gushing about this for a very, very long time. Thank you. <laughs> um, but that said, uh, we are here to play a game today, and I could not be more excited. We are playing Space Between Stars, an interstellar RPG about who you are and where you're going by our good friend, uh, Viditia Valetti. Um, I am beyond excited. This is a very, very cool game. Uh, it is inspired by, like, uh, you know, uh, very classic sort of big star, uh, big sci-fi ideas like Star Wars and Mass Effect and, and yes. The Expanse, and it is... Uh, the way that it plays, like so much of it is just cool, interesting world building that we're going to be doing. And then we're going to then we're going to play some space dirt bags and go on on a on a on a job. And it, it's all of the things that I love in big, big, uh, big heart sci fi adventures. I, I really love that. You know, uh, my earliest memories is watching uh, and this is going to tell everybody how old I am. But uh, I was watching the uh, the Star Wars episode one and looking at, you know, uh, Queen Amidala of the Naboo and all I could think mm-hmm. was like, dang, she's so fucking mm-hmm. cool. And all I want to do is run around and have space adventures. Uh, and Mass Effect is the love of my life. I just finished up the Expanse season five. So I'm, I'm space all day let's i'm excited this is perfect this is good so um the way that the game works is we have some world building details to flesh out and then we will we will make our our interstellar crew we'll build our our ship and our our ship and our crew members and then we will go on a little bit of a job are you ready to dive in and answer some world building questions am i ever (laughs) all right so the first thing we're going to do is fill out our world state. The world state is defined as so much sci-fi is by a galactic superpower and a rebellion. Uh, stop me if you've heard. Stop me if you've heard those dynamics before. <laughs> um, so the way this is going to work is I have a deck of cards with the jokers removed. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm going to flip a card um, and I am going to. And there are three questions for us to start. But we're going to define what the galactic superpower is, the state of the rebellion. And how the war between these two forces has been going. And then our story is going to be kind of happening in the background of that. Okay. So um, I will flip the first card. um, And we will talk a little bit about how our... Good. This is good. Our galactic superpower is called the Magistrate. It is an authoritarian council. The way that this works for listeners is uh, there are four results on on this table based on the suits of a playing card deck. I drew the six of hearts. And the hearts result is magistrate authoritarian council. 
I feel like that's a good that's a good villainous thing to buck against is that sort of like I do love me an authoritarian council. So we are naming them and defining their rule. Yeah. Interesting. So these are our potential big baddies. Yeah. Right? Yeah. This is the this is the this is the 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 empire looming in the background. And I I, I get the vibe the the words authoritarian council, especially compared to like religious enforcement, corporate control, or military dictatorship. Mm. I get, I get, I get big bureaucracy vibes, and that is always a thing that yeah. I want to buck against. It gives me this, um, you know, very, very fanciful notions of democracy that don't actually, uh, don't, don't actually like filter out into reality. Like it's, it's a lot of things written down, and then how the actual political game is mm-hmm. played feels very different. Yeah, I, I, it, it's, it's appropriate that you mentioned Star Wars Episode One because, I, like, the vibe I That's get all is, of like, <laughs> the, is like the Senate from the from from the, mm-hmm. the, the Star Wars prequels, where it is, it is all pomp and circumstance, and somebody can come up and be like. Hey, there's a robot army trying to murder me, and they're like, "Well, we'll we'll table this and have a discussion about it." Yeah, uh, and especially when we're talking about you know galactic superpower, we're talking about the far reaches of space. Mm-hmm. Um, it feels very disconnected from probably the reality of like all these different planets and all these different like lived experiences throughout the galaxy. Uh, so this feels to me like a very small concentration of power uh, that. That is quite out of the loop, but we need a name. Can we call them the Cosmic Consortium? Consortium. I do like Consortium. Cosmic Consortium. Or the Consortium for short. But I feel I like, like that, the Consortium. It just that feels so puffed shirt, like puffed shirt that that feels that yeah. feels like a good. That feels like like how you would describe like uh, like it feels very high minded of a of a sense of like this is a consortium like we are we are debating yeah. we are we are we are we are bringing we are bringing matters to bear there's a there's an there's a uh, there's an order of debate like it feels very mm-hmm. like it, like it feels very in, like, inaccessible right like as a as a concept it feels very exactly. like, like out of reach it, it feels like you could never actually bring any of your concerns, any of your treatises to these actual people. You have no idea who's behind the consortium. Yeah. It's just, it's just an entity. Yeah. yeah. I like uh, this. I love it. I love it a lot. All right. So we've also got our rebellion. The rebellion is currently, I'm going to flip our card. I've drawn the seven of spades. Our okay. rebellion is currently a secret rebellion it is the dagger. A secret rebellion. You know what's interesting though? When you said I drew the seven of spades, I kind of just liked how that sounded. The like, seven of the spades seven <laughs> as the name of a secret rebellion. That's, like that's I kind of love that, to be honest. That's a good rebellion name. That's a really good rebellion name, is the thing. And I kind of like the seven of spades. I almost like that it is like the the the, the backstory that immediately pops into my head is that this is this is like seven different like factions. Yeah, like organizations yeah. that have formed this kind of like alliance and it's it's a mix of like crime families and mm-hmm. and like uh like political action movements and it's people that really don't have a ton of like their ideals are not at all aligned but it's it's hey if the only way that any of us are going to make a difference in a world in which everything is so heavily 
monitored I, and like uh, is that is is if we all kind of scratch each other's backs i do love the enemy of my enemy is my friend especially mm-hmm. as we're talking about like these are all these different uh like these disparate factions and groups and everyone kind of has their own goals and ideals some of it lines up some of it doesn't but the end goal is the same and it's going against the consortium uh i'm i'm all in for that i do love that i do too i really do uh, okay, so these two factions are at war, and the war's current state define what happened and is happening. Oh, oh, okay, cool, good. Um, what we got the queen of the queen of clubs. So the mm-hmm. war has ended in a catastrophic event, and no one is happy. Oh, okay. This sounds. <laughs> I feel like we definitely built ourselves up to this point. That's great. That feels good. That feels okay. really good. Oh, that's really, I'm actually quite excited about that because I was like, "Mm, I don't know if I want to get into like war stories right now. So I do love that we're dealing with this very messy aftermath. This is giving me uh, kind of, I guess, do you know the comic book series Saga? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. feels a bit like that i do love how messy that that yeah is. i i love and i love that that it what i what i love about that the visual that i get is that like the consortium exists but is effectively powerless and the seven mm-hmm. of spades are all still like there those relationships are still in place but like the the we're all after different things has all like has all they've all kind of gone their own separate ways and so there's mm-hmm. it's just this sense of like the vibe I get is that like is that like there were so many factions and now no one is in control and now it's kind of every person yeah. for themselves. We've and and I would love this idea of like perhaps this like newer generation, you know, they have these very romantic ideas mm-hmm. of what the seven of spades used to be. They I have this very uh far-fetched kind of story they tell each other of like what it was like to go up against the consortium, you know. I love that. Um so yeah, yeah, I'm very into that. All right, and so now we are going to build out some setting details. So what's going to happen is I'm going to draw a card. On an odd number, we're going to answer a question about aliens. On an even number, we're going to answer a question about space. And uh, and if I draw a face card, we're going to answer a question about space whales and fish. Uh, the game makes a very specific point and says, uh, you may have noticed that we have questions about space whales, and you're wondering if you have to include them. Uh, as the designer, Viditia emphasizes that, yes, we do. Uh, we have to get fun with them and get weird with them. And I, frankly, that is the kind of game design decision that I want to see more of. I am happy and I'm excited to learn more about space whales. With every question, I just got like, I sat up straighter and straighter in my chair. I'm like, aliens, space whales, let's go. This, all right. <laughs> so I have drawn the two of diamonds. So our first question, um, our first question is it is an even so it's a question about space and it is diamonds so what hazards does space have that that have been discovered Ooh, okay hmm so we have all these far-reaching groups all across the galaxy so we got probably i feel like every corner of space has been reached by somebody Mm -hmm. at this point um hmm i have a thought i have a thought I, I I think I think a lot about how space is like big mm-hmm. and how like space is like impossibly big. And what 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 maybe pops into my head, what's very what's interesting to me and the idea of like space travel between planets, the whole idea of like light, like light speed travel. What if that was like the, the vibe that I get is very like to travel in light space is very 2001 A Space Odyssey. 
yeah. where it just is like a reality bending experience that like, that like that is itself incredibly like, and, 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 you know, I, like so many kids who grew up on star Wars, I always had the question of like, what if two ships pass each other? Like if you're mm. going lights be like, what happens? So that idea that like, that like to get from place to place is like, we have the technology, but we have not made it easy. Mm. And in Are you this, saying there's space traffic? <laughs> I, I, I almost picture the idea of like to go between places is to be like, it, it is scary. Like it is scary mm. to travel through, through like deep space because you have to enter into like this weird conceptual light speed space that like is just creepy and weird and dangerous in its own kind of way. Bouncing off of that, um, yeah. I think maybe the hazard, maybe the space itself is this hazard. And it's kind of like with all uh, medical developments, we're still learning what's happening to people who very regularly travel oh, through space cool. at this light speed. Kind of taking a leaf out of, um, yep. out of the expanse here, where you are coming across people of all these different I wouldn't say there are deformities, but almost mutations happening. I love that. Uh, and and we're seeing a facet of humanity, a kind of like a sped up evolution in mm -hmm. a way that we don't fully understand. Uh, and, and people are still piecing it together. And perhaps some of the factions are more aware of it than, than others. I love so that. as we're traveling space and we're going through it, we're realizing what space itself is doing to us. I love that. And, and, and the, 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 the thing that I pull from hearing that that's really cool to me is uh is is the way that like is the language stuff from uh from arrival where it like the language changes your perception of time and that idea of like it's it, it, it can be like it can be like oh I've suddenly grown a third arm or it can be just like I don't think about time in yeah. the way that like in the I, I like my like like I now perceive time in a different way and yeah. so like and so like it 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 becomes almost a with this sort of younger generation that is trying to like sort of come back together. It creates this challenge of like how of like how do we 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 form a space where all of these people are kind of welcome, and that sort of is that's sort of beautiful to me. Yeah, I really love that. All right, the hazardous space. Let's so our, <laughs> our next question is our next question is the seven of clubs. So it is about aliens. What relics <laughs> of alien civilizations do we have available to us? I'm always so torn up because on one hand, I do love a good human centric space universe. Mm -hmm. um, and then on the other hand, I'm, I'm a sucker for like ruins lost to time. Could they tell us how we should have been living this whole time? I don't know. Hmm. What if, what if it's, what if it's both? What if, it's what both. if the relics, what if the relics are like, old like 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 uh, i think about like the idea of like old terran stuff is like just out there and like it has been you know we're, we're in the aftermath of this of this messy war and mm -hmm. like i kind of picture that like that like the old like the the old world is like the relics that that is available to us is like I, I a little bit of that kind of like really good like space miner energy and that mm -hmm. kind of like I I love a good th the original trilogy of Star Wars where everything looks dirty and old and it's yeah. that sense of like 
of like we just don't have the ability to make this stuff anymore so the relics is just sort of like everything is every piece of tech is two generations old because oh, that's I when love we lost that. that that's when we lost the ability to make a lot of this stuff Oh, I love that. So I I love this vision of space where it feels like we're taking a step backwards, actually, not a mm-hmm. step forwards. We're building off of uh, what previous civilizations have done. You know, mm-hmm. it's this very hermit crab feeling uh, around space, a very scrappy look to it. I really do love that. So it's like perhaps we don't fully understand some of these, uh, you know, carved out buildings, these intricate uh, lines in the rocks and in the plateau toes around us um and you know maybe occasionally we trigger something but yeah yeah i i really do love that i i love not having all the answers here uh especially if we're talking about uh we've we've reached the far ends of space uh we've seen it all does it mean we understand it absolutely not Not even a little bit Mm -hmm. i I gotta answer i i know that we i know that we didn't draw a face card yeah but i gotta answer a whale question we gotta answer a whale question we gotta It's just, it's too juicy. It's right there. So I'm just going to draw and whatever suit we pull, we're going to answer a whale question. Uh, So I've drawn the 10 of hearts, which is what are the nature of the space whales in relation to civilization? Like in relation to the, the people in this space, how do, how do space whales relate to that? Are they, are they common? Are they, are they a common occurrence? Are they, are they weird and mythical? Like how do we, how do we picture this, this element that absolutely has to be in this world that we're building? Mm -hmm. I, I love this idea of perhaps they are even part of the everyday backdrop. Like you wake up in the morning, you're going to see the occasional space whale, like crossing the horizon and stuff. And to some people, maybe it's part of this uh, sacred tradition. You mm-hmm. honor them, you praise them, you know, you work really hard to to make sure they that their natural environment is, suits them first. Um, and then other people who just kind of see them as as cattle. You know, kind of see them as uh, maybe you you hit your own. Like, I I wonder how big they are, actually. Before I get into it, how big are we thinking the space shows are? I picture colossally huge. I do, too. Okay. I think they are these kind of misunderstood. We hope they're gentle giants. We have nothing to Mm -hmm. prove that they are anything but gentle. Uh, A little bit worry of the day that they decide to not be gentle giants, but uh, it's a coexistence thing. Yeah. The thing that I, the thing that I get from that, which I really love is the idea that like, it's that, it's that economies of scale thing or that idea that like, Mm -hmm. they are so gigantic Yeah, that like, that like a lot of times it it is like it is clear to people that have been been in close proximity that like we simply do not exist to a space yeah. whale in the same way that like in the same way that like microscopic organisms do not like are just not in the like are not perceived by 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 us like it's just like they're so big that it's just like at at most we are seen as like a gnat floating in the wind I I love this idea of this absolutely mind-breaking, majestic like view of this other this other realm of biology, you know, like it's, mm-hmm. it's, you can't really understand. It's kind of like how we think of the sun. It's like, you get it in theory, but no one, yeah. uh, if you sit there and really think hard about it, you're like, oh my God, how am I, I alive right yeah, now? Yeah, I can't, I can't, I'm, I can't comprehend it. 
Yeah. And on the other side, it's like there will be rent specials if the space whale is always going to be covering your view. You know, it's just like part of the the everyday life. I love it. I love it so Mm -hmm. much. Um, Okay, so uh, we've got our world. Now it's time to build out our crew members. Uh, We have four pre-generated character sheets. Uh, So we are going to choose between uh, one of our four backgrounds. Those four backgrounds are the experienced veteran, the painful past, the wandering spirit, and and strong and the strong-willed hero or the strong-willed. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you have a preference over which of these four uh, backgrounds is most evocative to you? Mm-hmm. Trying to think of like our world a bit. This is going to be our protagonist, our uh, our player character. Yeah, yeah. Um, we're each gonna we're each gonna build we're each gonna build one of these characters, and then we've got some GMless storytelling to to dig into. It seems like. With the backdrop of a war that's that's ended, uh, or or actually some people might even say it hasn't ended yet. It's, it's just been messy all the way through. I, I do want a strong-willed figure to emerge mm-hmm. forward among all of that nuance and messy uh, messy gray history. And I, I I I along the same lines. I love the idea of there being an experienced veteran, more even more so than the painful past. The idea of the person that like. The, the, the idea of the, that that strong-willed person, I love the idea of an experienced veteran more than a painful past of the person yeah. that's like that's like I, I I I saw how it went down, like I saw more of the realities of it, but I recognize that like, but I'm still like I still have that that fundamental belief that we can do better and we can build we can build off of that, and that that forms a really nice like bond between our two characters. I really love that. Someone who's kind of has like a, a step towards the future and someone who's just stepped out of the past. Love it. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. So uh, let me pull up the book. And so we'll run through uh, how to build these characters. Um, the first thing that we're going to do is we're going to map out our loyalties on our, on the character sheet, which is on page, which for you is on page uh, three of the quick start sheets. Mm-hmm. And mine is on page one. So on our character sheets, we have loyalties. Loyalties are the principles and the things that we fundamentally believe in when we are building our dice pools in play. Like we are going to, we are, we are going to add dice to our pools if we if we act according to our loyalties, according to the things that we believe. We each have uh, two "I will" statements. Uh, that have like a question to kind of lead us in our answer. So we can kind of just go back and forth and kind of read it and then fill in a little bit of an answer based on what we think. Uh, my first question is, uh, what principles do you uphold? I is think this the, for me or for you? This is for, this is for, this is for my experienced veteran. And I'm trying to think what principle do I uphold? I will not honor the broken allegiances of the past. It's mm, real good. That's my that's my principle. I, I uh, the seven of spades was a lovely was a lovely idea at the time, but it was a bunch of people that had knives pointed at each other, and I saw how that went down, and I have no particular I have no particular loyalty to that, and so I I I, I refuse to uh, I kind of buck against the idea of doing things out of out of a sense of this is how this is how the seven of spades did them because we we can we have a chance to build something better um if you have the space book open uh do you mind actually reading to me the description for strong willed one more time yes absolutely uh strong willed a strong willed character has a strong idea of what they believe in their experiences under their belt and uh, that guide their actions to their best self 
and are in turn able to shrug off the harshness of life. Play a strong-willed character if you wish to seriously think about how your character would act in situations. Playing towards your loyalty will grant dice to a dice pool, while playing against the loyalty will cause you grief and have you doubt yourself. While gaining grief can be worrisome, it also allows you to grow and foster as you reestablish your loyalties. Okay, so this works out. Uh, so for me, my first question under the loyalties is uh, an I will question saying, how do you show pride in your prov- in your profession? So how do you show pride in your profession? Um, and I am starting to see this character uh, kind of as your, your classic uh, space captain or mm-hmm. a space pilot, perhaps more specifically. Uh, so this is someone who is really caring for every every aspect of their ship like it is a living creature uh like it is a member of the crew um just as the people that in- inhabit it on the inside um you know their ship is their name it is their i would even extend it to being like um kind of a a family symbol mm-hmm. as well uh this is something passed on from generation to generation kind of remembering the detail of the the hunkering space caravan sort of vibe uh, where you're just taking scraps of what's been built before you and adding, adding your own um, details to it. So uh, for this is uh, I will care for the environment around me uh, as if it is a member of my crew. So I will care for my ship like it is a member of my own family. I love it. I love it a lot. Uh, so my other question is, uh, what will you do for peace? And I've written down, I will get my hands dirty so no one else has to. Mm. Um, I, I, someone has to, someone has to step into this role as I see it. Like I, I watched, I watched, I, I, I grew up, you know, even if I don't respect the sort of alliances of the seven of spades, like I watched the seven of spades struggle in the shadow and in secret. And I, I saw that like, there there were there were there were messy things that had to happen and i i i see this new generation i see you i see your character i i believe there is a chance for 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 this new generation to build something better and i don't want these messy things to fall onto their hands i want them to have the freedom to to build that better future and so if that means that i've got to do those messy jobs like i'm fine with mm. that Oh, damn. I really love those tropes. I love those kind of characters. Mm-hmm. I do too. Uh, for me, it's, it reminds me of like Amos from The Expanse. I fucking love Amos. Um, it's just like, you can't handle this. I can. Let me shoulder this burden. Love it. Um, and on the, my end, my second question is, uh, what will you do for peace? I, I think it, it, it's this fundamental understanding that you have to be part of it. Like this isn't something just to opt out on. I think there's a lot of uh, disillusionment right now. There's a lot of uh, this feeling like what what is happening around us is so out of our control. This idea of the consortium is so beyond our our comprehension as mm-hmm. everyday people. Uh, you don't even know where to begin when you're dealing with the powers that be. And just recognizing that there is a place for you. There are actions that you can take and it starts with this uh it starts with the one-on-one interactions just you know between space crew between families Mm -hmm. between the separate factions like that's how you build up to that point yeah um yeah i love that that's fantastic uh so now we're gonna we're gonna map out our hindrances hindrances are 
Hindrances are what set your character back. They represent moments where your character faces their fears, challenging themselves and possibly overcoming their shadows. Uh, these have questions that are tied to I have statements, and these are these are the sources of, of difficulty and drama for us. Uh, my first question is who or what have you betrayed? I think I betrayed. I have turned my back on my crew. Damn. I have turned my back on my old criminal crew. I was part of a, a heist team. It was one of the one of the branches of the Seven of Spades was uh, was like a, a a heist outfit was like a a criminal like theft operation, mm-hmm. and I I I I I abandoned that crew. Like I left them. I I I something happened that like pushed me out. I don't know what it is, but I. I walked away and I never looked back and, and that, mm. that, that failure to, that failure to, to stick together that I, 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 there's a part of me that sees me as no better than anybody else in the seven of spades that when things, when things started to break down, turned their back on everyone and kind of went in, went in for themselves. So I, I that, that's the thing that weighs on me. Dang. Uh, for my question, I have as well, who or what have you betrayed? Um, and, and thinking back to how I'm talking about uh, this, re- my ship is this kind of like a relic passed from generation to generation, and I'm expected to do the same. And I imagine that I stole this ship. I stole the ship from, from my kin, from my family, uh, and I am putting it in harm's way, the way that I, I wouldn't have done to another fellow family member, Mm. kind of like going forward uh, on this, some people might consider delusional mission, Uh, this idea that I could, you know, uh, reunite the factions, the seven of spades that I could go against the consortium, like people have done in the past. Mm -hmm. This, this is an ultimate betrayal uh, to, to the people who, uh, who raised me. I love that. That's fantastic. Oh, that's very good. Um, my other question is, what are you addicted to? I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pivot. I'm gonna take this question in in a direction and say, I'm addicted to direct action. Mm. I and maybe that's also part of why I turned my back on my old crew was that they were they were they were like tied to like the subterfuge and like they're just part of me is like I I can't, I, I I don't want to like play around like I don't like I I have no patience yeah. I have no I have no desire to uh, if 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 we can do the thing, if there's a, if there's a if if a me- if there's a messy option that just is us doing the thing, like that's what I that's where my my heart goes immediately. I I don't have a patience for uh for any sort of procedure. Mm. So bureaucracy, not yeah. your not your forte, not at all. Yes. Oh, that's very interesting. I can see where there has definitely been a lot of friction um, mm-hmm. as you've navigated the different factions. Uh, hmm. I have similar question. What are you addicted to? Which I'm a little bit, I'm a little stumped on right now. Cause I, I feel like, I'm, I think I might be focusing a bit too much on the word uh, addicted. It's like, what, what could be like a synonym that gets us I- across? I, I, I have a I have a, a thought hearing about your character that feels very, very interesting. I'm all ears. What if it's something like idealism? This mm. idea of like or this idea of like 
you know, you are, you are, you are, you are hooked into that. You are so hooked into this idea of like, because I think there's the cynical way to take that, which is not what I, which is not what what would interest me. But the idea of like, you believe in the best of the seven of spades to a point where you overlook it's overlook like the problems with it. Yeah, that feels right. That really does feel right. Um, it, it is a naive idealism. Mm-hmm. It is, uh, you know, uh, seeing your character with their experiences. Um, it, it's an unwillingness to accept that this could go wrong mm-hmm. in a way that it's like, this is the only thing holding them together. When I think about my character and with this question, what are you addicted to? Uh, I really do love the idea that it is this desperate need for for their principles, for their, for their beliefs to like to actually come true. It's like this, oh, if you just believe it, it'll happen. It is, Mm -hmm. it is very naive. It is a little bit, it's desperate in a way. Uh, You know, they've put so much on the line, like they can't go back home empty handed like that, that it's that kind of feeling, especially that you see in in younger people where uh, whatever they've set their mind to becomes their whole world. Like this would be, um, a loss of identity as well. Like you've shaped your whole worldview around, around this kind of uh, these principles around this mission. Um, And, and what are you without them? And I think that's why uh, like a veteran character um, would be really healthy for them Mm -hmm. (laughs) as well. Uh, Cause it's this vision of like, even when things go wrong, it's going to be okay. Yeah. 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 It's this idea of like, things went real bad and we're still here. Yeah, I love that. So we also have uh, so we have one other thing to fill out, but I actually think it would be more interesting for us to fill it out as we go. We have uh, we have abilities, which are things that will help us when we build out dice pools. And each ability also has uh, questions kind of tied to it. But I almost think that that's interesting. That's going to be something more interesting for me to fill out. Like as we play through, because I think it's going to there's going to be opportunities for me to kind yeah. of like answer these questions as we go. And we. Sorry, go ahead. And uh, I'm seeing these really interesting. I, I want to know is is this like uh, aesthetics, <laughs> or is this an actual function of play? Because I just came from like looking at blades in the dark character sheets. So um, I see that there's these slash marks in the diamonds and in the squares for abilities. Uh, those are those are directly tied to the gameplay mechanics. So like okay. as we. Um, each each one as we as we either succeed at roles as we establish relationships as we um, so for the hindrances for instance we have these these really cool uh, these sort of D eight designs these diamond designs mm. as we uh, as we we wager we we put our hindrances on the line and we potentially like we wager them uh, we put dice on the pool if we succeed we we fill in those those diamonds and they become uh, bonus dice for us to roll later. Uh, that's so cool so it it encourages you to be like yeah it encourages you to like really up the stakes and be like my hindrances are coming into play here here's how this is a problem and then for your uh for your abilities uh if you have uh for my abilities i have uh already blocked out presence hacking and remedy ah yes so um so the number so when you're using one of your abilities you'll mark in the number of uh, filled in dice next to that ability. So whenever you're using one of the three things that you have uh, a dice marked into, you'll roll an X. You'll you'll add an extra d6. Uh, and then with your with your loyalties, if you 
if you act out of alignment with your loyalties, you'll fill in this little D6 square next to the, the loyalty statement, which says that you cannot pull that ability uh, to your favor until you act on it for no uh, for no gain. So at any time, if you if you act on one of your rear loyalties, so if I if I act to do something messy, I can add a D6 to my dice pool. And I'll explain, we'll walk through the whole dice pool process in just a moment. But um, what would happen is if I if I do something messy, I get to add a D6 to my dice pool. If I consciously choose a course of action that is not the messy action, right? Like if I consciously, if 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 I allow someone else to do the the messy thing and get the blood on their hands. I have to fill in that box and I can no longer rely on that knowledge of myself, that, that sort of core belief in my, in, in my world until I do a messy thing and do not get that extra dice for it. I really love how they tie it all in. That's very interesting. Honestly, the, the mechanical design of, of space between stars is so freaking cool. Vid did such a good job. Like the way that like everything kind of ties back into dice, like different dice mechanics and like, the way they all kind of play off of each other, it is, it is, it is, it is crunchy in a way that like actually just feels like every piece of it like pushes us to like pushes this. It really, this really matters, cool beat, and it's so freaking cool. Yeah. Now oh, uh, I really got to play this proper after this. Oh, I do. I truly like like we're gonna play through a little tiny scenario. Like I don't think we're gonna today because uh-huh. I want, uh, for time's sake, I don't think we're gonna build out like a full job and play through a job and a twist, but. I do mm. genuinely think I'm going to get some people together. I, I know the exact group of people that I think would uh, would chomp at the bit for this. So uh, I am- the last time I played something like this was uh, with Beam Saber, and I just had so much fucking fun with that whole world. Mm-hmm. And this has given me a lot of that same feeling and pushing it even more, tying in the mechanics with the role play. And yeah. I love that shit. It's good shit. It's really good shit. All right. So, uh, like I said, we're going to play through a little bit of a scenario. Uh, there is a there is like a really cool job building table and like really good beats about like how to build out a job that your characters go on. But for the sake of time, I think we're going to go with a slightly shorter one of like, uh, I think what we will do is there are sort of a getting to know your crew questions, which are going to be three more card based prompts to set up uh, who who we've met as a major contact how our last job went and where we are. And then from there, I think you and I will just kind of set up an interesting scenario, kind of pick up in media res of like an interesting scenario, build out some dice pools, play some games. And so we'll just kind of uh, set up like an interesting moment in the lives of these two characters. Who I guess should also have names. I'm (laughs) excited. And I I realized I should give my character a name. Oh yeah, true. We got to name them. What are you calling them? Are we going through nicknames? What are their, their Christian names? <laughs> I'm going... My name is Brax Carbine Aldox. It's a veteran if I ever heard one. Right? Mm-hmm. Brax's uh, pronouns are he, his. My character's name is Brax Carbine Aldox. He, his pronouns. Carbine is his nickname, and he prefers it. And, and he says, uh, my friends can call me Carbine. Most people call me Brax. Um, I think, actually... I I have something to admit to you. Oh shit! Uh, I just realized that even though for the loyalties, I I got the first question, and as I was filling it out, for whatever reason, it scrolled me back up, and I was uh, reading out the names 
sorry, the questions for uh, the veteran, which is why I just realized there was so much oh, overlap you know between what? our questions. And I was like, dang, yeah, I, I also have to say what I'm addicted to. That's interesting. And I just realized I'm like, oh, fuck. Well, I- well, you know what? It makes it makes for it made for very interesting characters. Sometimes sometimes I, I will take it. Yeah. My hindrances are supposed to be who has died due to your actions, which works. Yep. In our uh, our very uh, you know uh, what's it called like fuck what's the word <laughs> uh, optimistic to a fault mm-hmm. yep. uh, greatest regret fucking stole my family ship uh, do you show pride in your possession so that was the one question I got right yeah um, what do you do to get revenge oh gosh I feel like th- this is something that's like a total last resort for my character uh, because they desperately want to believe like everyone is on the same page as them this is a this is a good for everyone situation have hard time dealing with like other other lived experiences uh, I would even say is like it kind of mimics the conversations we have nowadays with like recognizing privilege like Uh there's no one answer for everybody um and then the question of uh how do you attempt to better society i feel like we did touch on that a lot with the um kind of like brute force optimism so there we go yeah i i I love that that's fantastic um so yeah let's build out a little bit of a scenario i think the first question that i want to answer is i'm going to draw a card for how our last job went our options Mm. are poorly strategically loudly or strangely so our card is the ace of diamonds went loudly this this feels correct (laughs) oh yeah i definitely see i definitely see uh this kind of situation where it's like both my character and yours kind of at the end of a hallway, you have your right and your left option, and they both at the same time turn in the opposite direction, be mm-hmm. like, that way! <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I it, and, and it definitely was, like, I get so much, I get so much Han Solo, Princess Leia, like, New Hope mm. vibes of us, like, that that vibe of, like, Han Solo just running, running as pure chaos down a hallway with a, with a rifle in his hand of, like, mm-hmm. like this vibe of, like, at every step of the way it turned into what is the one option that we're going to take that is going to get more people mad at us and more yep. and like turn this into a, a, a larger, messier fight. Yep. And I love uh, that that has just happened. So like we are, it's that vibe of like floating away in a, in, in a ship after, after all of this chaos has gone down. Uh, for my character's name, uh, the with the strong world background, um, I want to name them Arjun. Mm-hmm. They them pronouns. Perfect. Perfect. All right. I love this. I love that. I love that Arjun and 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 Carbine both like just had this like absolutely chaotic thing, and now we're like on our way to our next. We're on our way to meet someone, mm-hmm. and it's just like we are. I imagine the ship has taken damage and like our, 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 our outfits are burned up and it's just Mm -hmm. like, nothing looks good. Like nothing, nothing looks, nothing looks put together at this moment. What a team. (laughs) So we are currently, I'm drawing for our currently at, I've drawn, uh, I've drawn the 10 of spades, which is the horizon, a planetary colony horizons. I that gives me a, a, an idea of like what we were doing, 
and it might be helpful also to have our major contact but the idea that we are we are after this this loud this loud aggressive thing we are kind of like running rushing off to this this one colony Mm -hmm. do you think that we are we are wrapping up the job or that we are we are going to just lay low for a while or that we're meeting somebody new for a new a new job um i think we're still arguing about which of those we want to do (laughs) i think that's 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 part of it uh we have it kind of like came to the most neutral place we could think of where Perhaps like we think we have, we, I think I have a contact. You think you have a contact. Um, And we're like, let's lay low. Let's plan our next room. Let's get a job. And it's just back and forth and back and forth until I think we find our major contact who sets us on the path we're supposed to be going. I, and I I like the, the, the one detail that I want to, I want to add, especially as I draw this card and I really love, like, this is a beat that I love. That is a very good, like kickoff moment for us Mm -hmm. is uh, we're having this argument and we both kind of throw in the idea of like, I've got a contact here. I've got a contact that can get us a job really. Cause I've got a contact that's going to help us lay low for exactly. a while. Exactly. And, <laughs> and I drew for uh Steria, who is an entertainer. Uh, oh, I love the yay. idea that like, we're like in this bar and like, there is a lounge singer and, mm-hmm. and, and they come up and like the lounge singer approaches us and we both turn and we're like, all right, cool. What? No. It's my contact. It's my contact. No, no, I is, spotted her first. This is my contact. This is the, the, the idea that we both had the same contact and neither of us mm-hmm. had any idea. I, I love that. <laughs> That's excellent. So I, okay. So that's where we're at. So now mm-hmm. we basically kind of just, uh, we've kind of play out our uh, scenario and the way that we do that is uh we have uh so space between stars uses cycles where every player will be the active player the active player starts their turn by establishing or expanding on a scene and sets a goal for what we want to accomplish you can either start a new scene which is establishing a scene or continue from where the last player left off uh the active player is going to choose to uh either start a thread which is taking a story to a point where we establish a new character group location event or conflict uh, mm-hmm. At which point we will each, you and I, like throw in some details about that. That, or uh, we can push forward, which is rolling on dice to, uh, which is rolling on dice to resolve the sort of conflicts and the sort of uh, scenarios and sort of achieve our goals and sort of like get to a point where we have we have accomplished a thing. So I I will I I will go ahead and take the first active player role because I do want to start a thread here. Yeah, I, I'm quite interested in this. I think this is a great jumping off point. Yeah, and I I think that the the the, the thread that I want to build to, uh, I want to build a conflict. So I'm going to create a thread. Uh, that thread is going to be a conflict, which has some extra sub rules. But for now, I'm just going to talk through the process of creating uh, a conflict. You can mm-hmm. bring up any of these elements without creating a thread, but the process of creating one is to create like a major element of the narrative and sort of like give us something to sort of build our story around. And this feels like the right opportunity to do that. So uh, what I'm going to do is, like I said, I'm creating a conflict. So the first thing I'm going to do is write out a name or title that identifies the thread. Uh, this is, I'm going to write, I think the, the, the title, the, the title that I'm labeling this is uh, consortium security is looking for us. Like the conflict is that like, is that like, we're having this argument 
Mm-hmm. And we get to a point where we're, I think that maybe, maybe we have stolen a thing or like we've destroyed a thing, like, like whatever the, the consequences of the last job that we were doing. I, I think it's a lot of like, we need to lay low and it's like, no, we need to get off this planet. And it's yeah. like, so we need money to get off this planet. Uh, and it's that, that back and forth of like, do we duck our heads or do we run for it while we know they're already looking for us? So it doesn't matter. Yeah. And, and the detail that I want to add, because what happens is uh, I add a, I add like a short sentence or bullet point of like what the, the aspect of the threat is. I think that like the people, like the, the sort of security forces that we pit, that we, that we pissed off has mm-hmm. landed at like this tiny colony space dock and there's a bunch of heavily armed heavily armed thugs like oh marching <laughs> marching towards us and that is the detail so after that I, I i can throw it over to you 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 may or you may choose not to add another like sentence to this to add another detail to this sort of deal and then we'll flesh out what the what the conflict part looks like uh right now i'm trying to figure out if uh they know who they're looking for because mm-hmm. uh, I, I think that is what what escalates it even more uh, and can can add some some really interesting turns. It's like, do they have footage of us? Do they know what our faces look like? Yeah. And, and that would be a very serious issue for both of our characters as, you know, someone who probably already has an arrest warrant out for them as they've stolen the family ship and mm-hmm. the other one having some some less than ideal ties. And, and there's plenty of people all across the galaxy who yep. kind of like a uh, Han Solo that yep. would would not be thrilled to see his face again. I love that. Yeah. So what happens now that we fleshed out the conflict, we have the deal that there are security forces on, on planet, like walking through the streets looking for us. Uh, the idea that they don't know who they're looking for yet is very, very compelling to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think those things together. So what happens is we decide if this is an immediate long-term or uh, an immediate threatening or long-term conflict. Each re- each level represents how many times we must push forward that conflict to consider it over and the degrees to which things can go right or wrong. Immediate conflicts require one role, threatening re- conflicts require two roles, and long-term re- role, uh, conflicts require three roles. I think this feels threatening. This feels like, because mm-hmm. that, that idea, I think the fact that they don't know makes it more... There's real stakes yeah. at hand. They have a lot of motivation to keep it that way. Uh, and there's a lot of shit that could go wrong if, yeah. if their faces are blasted across, you know, the intranet. Yeah. Uh, so so this is going to require two roles. So mm-hmm. what's going to happen is uh, that is that is so that so we've kind of built out our scene. Right. I think we're sitting with we're sitting with Steria uh, mm-hmm. and maybe maybe like uh one of the stagehands runs over to her and kind of like whispers in her ear and she like kind of gestures with her fingers and brings us over some drinks and mm-hmm. is like, you're going to want to drink those quick because uh, yeah. <laughs> you need to get the hell off planet. Oh, geez. So, uh, and now we are rolling for, for the threat level. Uh, so how exactly do roles so, factor in? Uh, so uh, with that, that kind of wraps up where I am as the active player. So I, mm. so I throw it over to you. Do you want to introduce a new element to the scene, either a character group location event or another conflict, or would you like to push forward, which is when you pull together our, our skills, resources, and other players to try and overcome the conflict that's in front of us. Um. 
I think as as Arjun throws back their drink uh, as quickly as they can, and actually also reach over to Brax and throws back their drink as well. <laughs> I, 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 I love the visual of like Brax is like calmly sipping this drink. You rip it out of his hands. He's like, I was enjoying that. <laughs> We gotta go, uh, and and instantly it's like looking to stare and be like, "Do you have?" Uh, it, I, actually, question for you: Where do you think our ship is? I think our ship. I think maximum drama. Our ship is is in the same same starport as this as this uh, sec, as these like security forces. I think if we're going to, I think I think if we're gonna get to our ship, it's gonna have to be directly directly past okay. the people that are hunting. <laughs> So I, I think uh, to, if the language is correct, like pushing the scenario forward, and I think we have our end goal. Um, and I, I like the idea that like Steria somehow gets pulled along mm-hmm. with us. Like she's about to go on for her next set. Uh, and the the head of the bar like pokes his head backstage and is like, hurry up. You got 10 minutes before, you know, next one goes live. Um, so and in that span of 10 minutes, like I am convincing her to to help us get to our ship mm-hmm. and uh, so yeah so we are we are pushing this feels like a good time to like push forward i think it is mm-hmm. i think it is very much like we get word like the bartender kind of like starts to wave at us that like that like there is there there are people knocking on doors and they are mm-hmm. like next door like, oh, like we got to get out of here now or else things are going to get chaotic real quick yeah so um okay so we um, are going to build out our, our our dice pools to determine how how well we perform here. Um, the way this is going to work, I'll walk you through it step by step. Uh, Vidya built a very lovely uh, like a very lovely uh, dice pool building uh, workflow. Which, if you are building a thing with complex pools and stuff, I think this is a really essential thing. Did this a shout out to hey, the game King designers? <laughs> this, is the, this is the most helpful thing. Um, okay, so I'll walk you through how to build your dice pool, and then I will build our difficulty pool. We'll roll those dice and determine which one of them has the higher outcome. Uh, so you're going to start with 1d6. You always roll a minimum of 1d6. Okay. Let me ask you this. You can add or change dice uh, if, are you, uh, do you feel like you are are playing towards one of your loyalties? Um, playing towards one of my loyalties? Oh, definitely not. <laughs> I'm saying I wanted to treat my my ship like my family and uh, attempting to better society. I I'm currently an outlaw and can't get to the the one piece of safe harbor that I have out here in space. All right. uh, so I think no. <laughs> and I don't think I don't think you're playing specifically against any of your loyalties either. So I don't think they're going to lock any of them. Oh, I'm going to have to make some rolls after this because I think I I think I know what Brax is going to do here, and it's not great. Oh, we'll, nope. we'll, get to that. we'll get to that when we get to it. But um, I think that uh, I think that um, do you have uh, look at your three abilities, and if do you think any of those abilities would uh, come in handy in this moment? What previous occupation taught you to command a room? So that is the question tied with presence, uh, and then accuracy. What are you able to pinpoint exactly when you're under stress? Uh, so I, those are my two uh, abilities checked off for strong-willed. Um, I, I don't think I'm looking to command a room right now. Okay. Uh, perhaps or hmm, you're saying they're they're in the bar. I think they're like they're in they're like around the corner. They're like next door. Like they're like knocking on doors and like and like poking around. But like 
I think I, I, I would actually probably feel like presence fits pretty well here because like yeah. the bar is working with you to kind of get you the hell out. Of yeah. Here. Hmm. Something I'm going to throw out, mm-hmm. feel free to, to shut it down or work with it, whatever you want to mm-hmm. do. We're in the dressing room with, oh, yeah. uh, w- with her name, Steria. Uh, and I'm, I'm eyeing, you know, the, the different costume work, the false eyelashes, all of the, the the wigs around me. And if they're they're in the bar, they don't know what we look like yet. I uh, might be the next act on stage with presence. That's very good. That's very good. <laughs> so what previous occupation taught you to command a room? Um. So, so my family with this ship, we are going from uh, kind of like a, a traveling troupe. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, my uncle's a storyteller. My aunt's a puppeteer. We kind of do these like, it's the space version of the county fair. You know what I mean? I, um, I, so- I love that. I love that so much. And the thing that I want to throw out is like, you are, you are, you are getting like costumed up. And yeah. I think this is when Carbine finds this out and is like, what the hell are you doing? And like you, t- like I think I think Arjun like tells that story of like my yeah. uncle was a puppeteer, you know, breaks down like the family history of all these things, and Carbon's like, oh my god, I'm with a, I'm 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 with circus people. This is great. I- and I I think if you still see the faded lettering on the outside of of Arjun's ship as well, you can just barely make out uh, the Fortuna family circus, mm-hmm. like. Just if you squint, uh, <laughs> definitely kind of tried to strip that off. Um, yeah, so I think that uh, I think that I love that. I love that so much, and I love Bragg's finding this out at this moment and being like, "I, I okay, this is fine." I, I I assumed that was a that's fine. We'll, we'll, we'll. Uh, okay, so uh, uh, add an extra d6 for your presence. So you're gonna roll two d6 here. Let me continue mm-hmm. to run through the. Um, and we didn't flesh out any items, but you do have two items marked on your sheet. Oh, uh, I do. Okay. You've got uh, an occupational item and a contact book. If you feel like either of those can help you in this outcome, you can uh, you can add those in here. Hmm. I don't know if I have uh, an. I, I don't think I have items that would help me okay. out with this. All right, yeah. so you're you're gonna roll two d six. You can ask to bring in crew members if they accept to be brought in. Uh, we have a relationship with each other, if I remember correctly. Mm-hmm. But I also think that uh, I think, and this is gonna bleed into what the next role is gonna be. I think Carbine is not going to help you because Carbine has his own plan. Oh no! Oh no! Carbine, please. <laughs> so work with me. <laughs> Uh, I think Arjun is going to to take the stage and I, I'm going to push it even further. And uh, ki- they're kind of doing this dramatic retelling of mm-hmm. of the of the seven of spades. And, and this is a little bit to humor themselves. Mm-hmm. You know, they're they're in full drag. They got the wigs, the glitter, the the spotlight on them. Mm-hmm. Stereo's probably in the corner with 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 like um uh, on the piano, uh, kind of like bullshitting as well. <laughs> yeah, I, love that. I adore that. And it's fully distracting any kind of interrogation happening, any kind of questioning happening as these troops are, are coming through the room uh, as well. Um, so, yeah, I love maybe that. maybe that'll help Carbine with whatever uh, he's about to get up to. I love that. I love that so much. OK, so I, I will roll our difficulty pool. I'm going to start with 1d8. 
I will mm-hmm. bring in one additional D8 for an, any additional plot threads being tackled. Uh, we only have the one plot thread at the moment, so it's going to stick at 1D8. We don't have any filled diamonds on our grief tracker. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the other thing to track is uh, we can choose to add, or rather you can choose to add up to four additional D8s to the, uh, to the difficulty pool. And the way that you do that is by tapping your hindrances. If you feel like either of your hindrances... Uh, will uh, tie in and will make your life more difficult. You can choose to add additional dice to your to the difficulty pool. And and what happens then is if you succeed, if you still manage to succeed, you uh, if you still manage to succeed after after adding difficulty, you can take those d8s and use them as bonus dice in later actions. Uh, so I don't think this is tied to the question who has died due to your actions. I don't know if it ties into. I guess I, I wonder if uh, the biggest regret um, I, I, I'm going to play this off and, and you tell me what you think about this. It's like one of their greatest regrets is the fact that they had to steal the family ship, mm-hmm. um, even though it is the same thing that's also enabling them. Um, and the fact that they <laughs> I think it ties in a little bit because they, they've almost handed over the ship yeah. to to uh, the consortium. Okay, yeah, I like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, you can feel Get free to market. add an additional, add a, an additional D8. I'm gonna, uh, so I will be rolling 2D8. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, I'll roll 2D8. And so if you get, if you get, uh, if you succeed on this, you will get to add, uh, take that D8, mark it on your character sheet and roll an extra D8 on a future roll. Nice. Uh, and will you be rolling for me? Yes, I will be rolling the difficulty so pool much. if you would like to roll your player pool. Okay. Um, and for my player pool, I'm just rolling that that singular uh, two d uh, six. You brought in one 2D6. of your you brought okay. in one of your abilities. Okay, I rolled an eight. Uh, I rolled a six. Okay, so um, on a player, so the, the so the uh, skew the result on who has the highest die rolled. Uh, so what was the what was the highest single dice that you rolled? Uh, four. Okay, so I. So this is going to be a, a, so the way that this works is we compare which pool has the highest total, which my, my, my dice pool was higher. So, mm-hmm. uh, so that means that this is a, this is a, this is a failure. This is, this does not work. And we compare, we skew the result based on who has the highest single die rolled. Uh, because I had rolled a six, I rolled a six and a two. That mm-hmm. means that this turns into a no and. So this is this Ew. is this is not only that uh, that that the thing doesn't work. Um, I think what happens is they put on this performance, and I think um, what do I think? Do you have an idea for what goes what goes what goes wrong here? Something extra goes wrong here. So I've definitely not told Brax what I'm about to go do. It's oh, kind yeah. of a and. He doesn't know that I'm actually about to get into uh, the story of the Seven of Spades and this dramatic drag-like retelling. Um, and this is this something I'm offering you. Maybe it triggers something for him. Maybe it's I, like he's he's seeing uh, how things are closing in on them, um, and I, he can't I, help but act. And I want I want to throw in the other detail here to push this further. Mm-hmm. I think I'm not the only one that that kind of like stirs something in. I'm not the only one that oh, that bothers. Yeah. 
I mm-hmm. think there's, I think there's like someone else here. Like there's like a, there's like a gang, like there's like three, three enforcer types that are like also very angry. Like I'm not oh, the boy. only one here with ties to the seven of spades. And the second that that kind of, the second you kind of start telling this story, I think it gets like, you maybe get like partway into the performance. And just as the security forces, like kind of like walk in the door, like somebody gets up and like, like shuts off the like or turns on like gets up and angrily turns on the house lights mm-hmm. and starts and the other detail that the the and here I think that's a good that's a good representation of like why it doesn't work and I think the and is maybe they call out like that that we've we've washed in from off planet and have started mm-hmm. talking about this so that the security forces immediately hear oh the person on stage who is extremely like <laughs> spot just happened to come in from off planet oh goody <laughs> that's great uh and so it is now my turn to be the active player, and I have no hesitation for exactly what what happens. Oh next. boy! Brax <laughs> uh, clocks a security officer in the jaw. Of course he does. It's, no, it's, it's, I break a, I break one of those big glass steins, like one of those. Yeah. Big just bash it right over, right over their head, and it's just like full on bar fight. Like I bash that. Uh, Steria and the other performers grab mic stands and like mm-hmm. rush some people. The enforcers pull pull guns. The security forces pull guns, and there are guns blazing. And it is it is absolutely chaos. Mm-hmm. I, I just imagine as uh, you know, Arjun has this very dramatic falsetto happening as they're talking the tale. Uh, sees uh, Brax clock the guard, and immediately like, oh fuck. <laughs> hikes up their dress uh and joins in time to go uh so all right i'm gonna build i'm gonna build my pool here i start with 1d6 mm-hmm. i am absolutely playing towards one of my loyalties yes you uh, are. i am getting my hands dirty so no one else has to if if i can make it so that you don't have to bash a glass over someone's head that that is then i've done my job here mm-hmm. um i'm going to ask if i can bring if i can I will ask if I can bring in if Arjun if Arjun wants to join in here. Um, yeah, they're gonna. All right. So I'm gonna <laughs> I don't a, think they have a choice. <laughs> I'm gonna add a D8 here for a relationship. Um, yeah, we're uh, gonna tag team this. Yep, absolutely tag teaming this. Uh, let me check. Let me look at my abilities to see what my abilities here are. I have presence. I have hacking, and I have remedy. Mm. Um, I don't think any of those necessarily fit here. Actually, actually, uh, my presence really does, especially because it's tied to a question: What effect do you have on others when they see you? Oh, actually, a, that does play in. Yeah, I have a very punchable face. <laughs> I don't know why. That'll do the, it. I don't know why that's the detail that I I picture, but I picture Brax as just like somebody that you kind of just want to throw one at, and like. It, it kind of plays nicely because like he's real good at pissing people off and like mm-hmm. he just makes you want to just want to just just clock him in the jaw like he just mm-hmm. has that kind of like naturally irritating energy that like feels like feels like he has done something to slight you when he has even yeah. if he has not and he could put the effort into trying to convey that that's not the case but he also just kind of loves that that's the case. <laughs> I, I, and I think this is definitely a conversation uh, Arjun and Brax have had. It's just like, if you just, you know, just been less scary, 
that might work in our favor. But I but I like scaring people. Like it's scaring people's what I is what I like to do. Why would I why would I want to do less of that? God forbid we make friends. Um perfect. Well that that also ties nicely into that also ties nicely. Uh well we'll get to that later because that's gonna tie nicely into some hindrances. Um mm. so I don't have any bonus dice. So right now I am rolling three D six and a D eight. Okay. So uh, I'm going to have you build our difficulty pool. We and are... I do that uh, with my hindrances? Uh, so we start with 1d8. Uh, okay. We don't have any additional plot threads, so you're going to roll 1d8. And mm-hmm. I'm going to bring in... I'm going to bring in... I've got a decent chunk of dice. I'm going to bring in an extra d8 and say okay. uh, and say this is... Because because there are people here with criminal backgrounds like I am I am very specifically at risk of being of being recognized as somebody that has a very bad reputation among criminal circles. So uh, with my 1d8 I rolled a 4. What does that okay. do for us? Uh so roll one more d8 and then add them together. Okay. And make sure to note the individual numbers of both dice. 4 and a 7. So a total of uh 11. All right. Great. I rolled a 14. So what that means is that we, is that I succeed. I succeed at what we're trying to do. And I'm going to get to claim this D eight as a bonus dice for later. Okay. How, however, because your seven was higher than any of the dice that I rolled, uh, this becomes a yes. This becomes a yes, but. Mm. So okay. So something goes, something goes horribly wrong here. Okay. So you go in to clock the first consortium guard you see. Mm-hmm. I've joined into the fray. Uh, this is a yes, but so we are right now. We're aiming towards. We're aiming towards the door, uh, and I, I think, and we're trying. We know where the hangar is. Uh, so yes, we're gonna fight our way through this room. We, you know, duck under some chairs. I've thrown a bar stool or seven, uh, and we've just like slipped out, uh, like we're coated in oil out of the door. But the thing is, is now we have five guards actively chasing us. Yeah, uh, we know where we're going, but uh, everyone on this colony is seeing what's happening here. Hundred um- percent. And so I think I want to call for, I know that we had set this originally as a threatening conflict, but I think I want to mm-hmm. set this, I want to give us one more uh, roll on this mm-hmm. to, because I, I do want, I do want to know how well we kind of get out of this. Yeah. Uh, and so I'm going to say, do you have a plan to get out or should, or should, or do you want Brax to have a plan to get out? Oh, I think Arjun's all out of plans after that performance. <laughs> And I think uh, Brax as well, like asks them this and they're like, so what's next? And it's like, I, I had another number and that was it. Uh, Okay. All right. All right. Um, And I think Brax, like, actually I might even say that I don't even know this is a role so much as this is like a good kind of closing note. Mm -hmm. I think like Brax, like sags his shoulders a little bit and like, Cause I think this is like my loyalty hits on like such a strong kind of beat that this might be the closing note for our, our story, at least for, at least as a good cliffhanger is like, yeah, I think Brax like sags his shoulders, looks at you like, is like, okay. And like, I think, I think, I think like, I'm going to say, I think Steria is like with us because I think, Brax, oh, for like, sure. <laughs> I think Brax like 
takes a pistol off of his belt, like kind of shoves it into Staria's chest and says, they're like, make sure the two of you get to the ship. Um, don't, don't change the radio station. I, I, <laughs> I, I will, I will meet you. Uh, here, I'm going to flip a card real quick. Cause I want to, yeah. Where are we going? Uh, uh, I think I, I drew a diamond for the currently at table. So we are going mm. to the, uh, to a pit stop. Actually, there is also, I think a separate like location table. So I'm going to, uh, Oh, perfect. Um, I have friends. I have friends at the, I have friends at a mining colony, not far from here. It's like a, like a one quick jump away, get there, tell them that carbine, tell them that carbine is on his way. I promise you, I meet you. And I say with, 70% certainty that I will be there alive. Oh boy. And, uh, and I, I can't imagine Arjun would want to meet more people who, who find, uh, who find Brax's present. Like they would consider them friends. Like he, there's a little bit of mental calculation. Of like you have friends. Since when do you have friends? <laughs> uh, and I think, I think the closing visual is like Steria kind of like, like, shuffles off with Arjun and the last thing that we see is Brax like again like sagging his shoulders rolling his shoulders a little bit like I really didn't want to have to do this today and like the the security forces and the enforcers all like eight of them kind of like run out of the bar and Brax oh my gosh hits the ground running and just does like a flying diving kind of splash into all of them and it's oh like my this gosh. is how this is how it works this is how i get us out of here and like that like mid freeze frame is where is where we is where we leave our story for now oh my gosh <laughs> That's great. That's a blast. Oh my gosh. I love this game so much. Oh my god. I I, I can't believe we whipped that up within the hour. That's that. crazy. I'm I, I'm already obsessed with Arjun. I'm obsessed with Steria. I want to know how many times Brax has done this. I have so many other questions. This is really, really cool. I, I love the honestly, like I I love, I mean, I love GM-less storytelling games always, but like mm -hmm. this one is really well done in how it like gives you that really firm structure and says like it it, it can be it, it at times can feel very tough to like get that ball rolling but like the mm. active player like pulling on threads and being like okay now we're gonna resolve this actually i'm gonna add another detail like giving you those clear options is so well done and like we were saying like the tying everything into tying all of these things into like narrative beats and all of the cool dice things that you can do this game this game fucking rips I, I also really love this idea where it's like these scenarios are turning into no and yes, but and oh, yeah. it's like there's a very clear communication within the group as well of like, this is what's going to happen next. And then you have that that pride as a player of like detailing what it is. Uh, so I, cool. That is really fun. And then the fact that it's like you're rolling the dice, you're getting the totals, but then you're also paying attention to the individual uh, the, the individual dice rolls like. Mm -hmm. That is really interesting. I've never seen a game do that. It's so yeah, the way that it the way that it uh the way that like I I love that mechanic of like here's how where here's when you succeed and fail and mm -hmm. here is and but also these individual dice numbers matter and it also like the fact that what I love is also that the fact that uh the the difficulty pool is all d8s makes it yeah. so interesting. It like adds that real potential of like 
even when even if the player has like you know six dice and is is, mm-hmm. is in their absolute element there's that possibility of like oh the difficulty pool rolled an eight there's literally just nothing you can do about it yeah and the other thing that i just really enjoyed is like starting on such a broad scale where we're talking about space whales we're talking about you know empires and rebellions in this far-fetched way and then our story ended up being about the second to second like the minutia details of us just getting out of a bar where we're getting like hunted down by troopers it's, you know feels, that's it, amazing that feels like great sci-fi right like that, that feels like about, the best sci-fi the thing that i love about like a star wars is like is that is that you have this like galactic conflict and then mm-hmm. you follow you follow dirtbag han solo and his friends like that that energy is so good i i the fact that in in the span of like an hour and a half i know that brax has a favorite radio channel Mm-hmm. And I know that uh, we have space whales that will affect, you know, rent prices. And we know that uh, we have contacts on colony to colony. Like there was so much world space building. Cir- space circuses. We have space circuses. Yeah. That, and it's just like all of this, it prompts you to just keep going and going and find out what the next thing is. And and the hindrance is like something I absolutely love. The fact that it's like you're going against something you believe in. Uh, it, it really it feels so seamless going from dice roll to role play to setting up the next action. Yeah. Um, it, it, you, you prefaced it saying that it was going to be quite crunchy and I'm, I'm sure it was on your end um, as a person kind of like navigating us through it. But as, as a player, it felt really seamless. Yeah. And like, like that's the, the really cool thing is like, is like, it really is tied to like, you're building dice pools and you're, you're, mm-hmm. you have all of these different kind of like labeled abilities, but like, Hey, the materials that, that Vid has put together are so intuitive that like, we were able to build those dice pools in the span of like 30 seconds and really kind of like walk through it. And then also it has that ability, that impact of like, of like, everything is tied to that. Like, like everything like works together so well mm-hmm. that like, you know, you've, you've already spent all this time kind of building and answering these questions. So it made it very, it made it so intuitive that like, so I knew natural. exactly when to tap on each of these abilities. Cause I was like, Oh, this is the scenario. This is absolutely me tapping on a hindrance and an ability. Mm-hmm. It, it, this game ripped i'm so happy and because you're going back and forth of like you're setting the difficulty i'm saying what's going to happen next i'm going to pull on this thread uh there's there's no moment there's no like feel bad moment if you feel a little bit stumped about where you want to take the story next because you're you're working so well collaboratively Mm -hmm. in a way that you just don't get i feel like in other in other ttrpgs this is such whiplash for me because i just came from running my first ever like gming my first ever DD game last night on the one more multiverse platform and then going to do this i'm like oh this <laughs> this feels so much that's better. <laughs> what i love to hear i'm so happy i'm overjoyed this is incredible thank you so much for coming and playing this with me uh this was incredibly delightful this this was an utter pleasure. And you said this game uh, takes about four to six hours, right? That's what yeah. They say with like a, with like a full group, it recommends about two to four players for about four to mm-hmm. six hours. So this is like a perfect like perfect like evening game. Like you're building scenes and jobs and mm-hmm. and the nice thing and then like it just yeah it's I uh, so I feel like this would even work really well as um, doing your first one or two sessions. 
kind of structured this way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then like, if you switch systems afterwards, I feel like it has done so much of your world building. Like if you want to carry oh, yeah. it over into a campaign, like I, I would start like an expanse TTRPG this way. I would not start with like the actual, you know, official source material. Yeah. Cause you yeah. get that, you get, you, you have that world. Like it's, it, it, it rips. It's so good. This is so, fantastic. What a pick. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I love, I love, I love picking games that, that I love picking games. It is one of my favorite things. Uh, and I picked a good one. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, so real quick, before we wrap up, where can people find you and your work online? Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Sarah Alpha G, just, you know, my full name. Uh, and you can always hit me up directly through the Multiverse Discord. That's where I'm primarily hanging out. I'm hosting games with our game calendar. You can spot me on Twitch at twitch.tv slash play multiverse, where I am a uh, regular player uh, and stream host with the uh, Multiverse crew. And again, we are one more Multiverse we're currently in closed beta right now. Come check out what we're doing. And if anything interests you, we'd love to give you the tools to try it out yourselves. Oh, well, this was so much fun. Thank you so much for playing this with me. This was a delight. And for now, I'm going to throw it over to me in the future so that he can wrap up with the show. Take it, future me. Thanks, past me. And thanks again to Sarah for coming on to the show. That game was, oh, that game was so much fun. I had such a blast playing it and like watching the story unfold and the world building and like getting to play with the dice and like watching this little like fast paced sci-fi story. It was just, it was exactly what I wanted and I could not be happier with it. Be sure to pick up your own copy of Space Between Stars at veditiavaletti.itch.io or check the show notes for a link. Be sure to check out one more multiverse at playmultiverse.com or follow them on Twitter at play underscore multiverse and be sure to follow Sarah on Twitter at Sarah Alpha G. Then while you're on Twitter, follow us at Party of One Pod. Like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash Podcast. Join our Discord community at bit.ly slash Discord. Head to our merch store at bit.ly slash Merch. And if you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a nice iTunes review or a Podchaser review. Consider, what else? Telling a friend about the show, you know, sending us some love on social media. Or just flat out giving us money at patreon.com slash jeffstormer or ko-fi.com slash jeffstormer. Party of One is produced and edited, as always, by Jeff Stormer and Jen Frank. All music for the show comes from the song Infinite Lives by Mega Ran, featuring the D&D Sluggers. If you want another podcast to check out now that you've listened to this one, go check out All My Fantasy Children. It is a character creation, storytelling, and world-building podcast powered by you. Every week, my best friend Aaron Catano Saez and I take a listener-submitted prompt, we spin it into an original fantasy character, and we populate a shared universe one story at a time. New episodes drop every Friday-ish at OneShotPodcast.com. The show is part of the OneShot Podcast Network. If you'd like to inquire about press coverage of Party of One, about coming on the show as a guest, or about uh, uh, advertising rates, I forgot a word there for a minute, you can email us at PartyOfOnePodcast at gmail.com. And that's it. That's all we do here, so until next time, thank you so much for listening. Remember to fight the forces of fascism every single day. Remember that self-love and self-care are radical and defiant acts of resistance. And as always, party on, everybody.